Oh, we certainly had a giggle at Goldfrap at the Royal Festival Hall. <laughs> Hello. Hello, you're listening to Track by Track with me, Dan. And me, Will. This is the podcast where we take a brilliant pop music album and go through it track by track. And I don't agree with that in the workplace. And on the turntable this week, we've got Felt Mountain by Goldfrap again. So this is part two of our little series, well, of two episodes, uh, talking about Goldfrap. And for this week's episode, we've gone right back to the beginning. But first of all, Dan, how are you? not i know you don't like these more personal exchanges yeah i don't want the public to know who i am and how i'm feeling really i'm well thank you very much yes how are you i am very well thank you it's the last day of march i know and where's the time gone april is tomorrow and we are going to be eastering it's my birthday in april as well yep and of course april falls tomorrow uh now i hope you're not planning anything like last year well I did take it a little bit far last year, actually. Yes, you called and told me that my parents were dead. (laughs) I did get you good, though. Uh, I know I was in an absolute mess. Hmm. You had to talk me down off the roof of track-by-track towers. Yes, which is uh, a garage, actually, so not too high. (laughs) Eight foot. (laughs) So, yes, we're talking about golf rap again this week. This is Felt Mountain. But I guess a quick word again, maybe you didn't listen last week, maybe you've got really bad short-term memory, but Goldfrap are a duo, uh, they are uh, Alison Goldfrap, the lovely Alison. The uh, lovely Alison. Lovely Alison, and Will Gregory, uh, and between them they share production, percussion and instrument duties, Alison is vocalist, Will's much more of a backroom boy. Oh, no, that's, and that's not a reference to anything <laughs> no. before anyone writes in. That's just, uh, just how I said it in the moment. Yeah. But he's more pro- producing, and when they perform, he's at the back of the stage. And he's not always there, actually, when they perform, is he? He's, he's, I, don't think, I don't think he's there for the tour life, um, and that's absolutely fine. It is, uh, good, and good luck to him. But uh, <laughs> Just off the top of my head, I'm thinking there's a few bands that more lately I've noticed that there are members who are there for the writing and recording and all the decision making but not on tour uh, the one that really springs to mind is the Killers who half of them now don't go on tour but are allegedly are still recording the albums do you know what I think that's a great idea I, I think I'd do that once you've made some, made some money and you can just really focus on the recording and then when all the, uh, the stressful busyness of going on tour comes in to just uh Put your feet up with a cup of spicy chai. Mm. And speaking of which, that's what we're enjoying at the moment, Dan. Yes, not our usual G&T. No, because it is uh, 11 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> and we're doing dry April. Oh, it's not April yet. We can have a drink. Uh, yeah, we're doing Mad March, <laughs> where you start drinking at breakfast time. That sounds lovely. In fact, there's an idea. Get sponsored to drink during the day. Uh... Anyway, Felt Mountain was the debut album released by Goldfrap. It was released on the 11th of September 2000. That's a long time ago now. So it's fair to say that this album really did set the tone for much of what was to come for Goldfrap. And if it's okay with you, Will, I'd like to just do a little reading, actually. 
Okay. Uh, I was asked to do one at my brother's wedding last year, and since then I've just been quite into just doing readings. Is this a thing you just get up and do wherever you are? Yeah, sometimes, yeah. Speaker's Corner. It was quite awkward the other day when we were in Argos waiting for our item to arrive at its collection point. Well, I've, I've got things to say, Will. And I've got something to say now. So the reading I'm going to do today is John chapter 7. No, it's not. This is uh, something that Alison put on the website on goldfrap.com uh, ahead of the tour when it was first announced. Uh, she was looking back on Felt Mountain. And there's just some really interesting things that she said. The thing that really spoke to me was that she said, I listened to the entire album again recently, something I don't really ever do. And it was a surprisingly emotional experience. The songs instantly take me back. This album is still relevant two decades on and hopefully will be interesting for people to rediscover and maybe also hear for the first time. And I thought, that's what's going to happen today on this episode. People will either be rediscovering it with us or maybe listeners who have never heard it before will be listening for the first time. And is this the first act where we are on our third? No, I think Pet Shop Boys we've done more times. But, Too many times, some would say. Uh, or not enough, others might say. Mm. But actually, if you take them away, I think Goldfrap are the only act that we've covered three times now. And I'm sure you'll agree that there's more Goldfrap that we want to unearth going forward. There's a, there's a fourth episode there, and we both know what that would be. Yes giving each other a knowing, knowing, knowing look yeah which not very good on a podcast is it no it looks like you've uh, got wind <laughs> uh, should we get stuck in yes i think we should so side one track one uh, and this is something that i know the boy from the chip shop was very pleased with you for lovely head <laughs> is such an iconic start and that kind of whistle I think it's something that I've heard in every live Goldfrap show that I've seen that's interesting you saying that because I, I think we've mentioned before I first saw them oh I'm going to say the name already I was going to try and not say it for a while I saw them supporting Duran Duran uh, the first time I ever saw Duran Duran and Goldfrap had just released uh, Black Cherry so they, don't, they only had two albums. They must have played from this album. But I remember Strict Machine, things like that. That I don't really remember hearing much of Felt Mountain at the time. But they, they must have done it. Even just the haunting kind of first waves of that is something that I think they just always seem to try and weave in. Yeah. And uh, you said to me just now whilst the track was playing, because, again, we do listen to the tracks um, uh, whilst we're recording. It's not amateur hour. <laughs> Anymore. That was last week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but this album does reward repeated listening. Absolutely. I don't think it's as immediately accessible as some of the synth-poppier albums they've released. Definitely not. And I think for anyone who did, I think they really gained recognition uh, and support, I suppose, when it came to album three, Supernature, which we covered last year. And then even more so later on with things like Head First, which we talked about last week, and their very dance pop uh, album. So I, I can imagine, well, not 
only imagine this happened to me as well when you go from that and then want to rediscover their debut album it's really it's quite a shock actually this it, it doesn't it doesn't it, i'm going to contradict myself it doesn't sound like that gold frap but actually if you break it apart you've got Alison's sort of dreamy vocals you've got layers and layers of effects and lots of experimentalization um it or experimentation is it is experimentalization a word i don't think so it is now it is now and i think it's a bit nicer actually but yeah you certainly it, it clearly is them but of course throughout the career with things like seventh tree and tales of us they have gone back to a more acoustic uh, sound this was the first ever single that Goldfrapp released. And sadly, the first time it was released, it didn't chart. Oh. Uh, but it was re-released. Uh, and it did. It got to number 68. And thus began Goldfrapp's journey. Thank God they re-released it. Of course, a few years later, and potentially if they were in a different genre, if it hadn't, re- uh, if it hadn't charted, then they would have just been booted out of the pop world, wouldn't they? And thank goodness artists were given an opportunity to grow at this point. We must talk about Alison's whistle. I assume it's hers. Have you seen Alison whistling live? I haven't seen her whistle whistle live, no. It's an iconic refrain. This has been used a lot in film and soundtracking, hasn't it? Because it, does, it instantly sounds like something from a score, from um, like a Western avant-garde film, I imagine. Uh, it was featured in uh, Swept Away, that famously bad film that Guy Ritchie did with Madonna hmm. 99 francs and my summer of love I think it would be 99 francs oh I thought you were doing the French we, well left that in last year Très bien Dan uh, it's also uh, in a film with Gary Oldman uh, the film was a one to one commercial <laughs> uh, this was also uh, interesting it was recorded in the middle of nowhere in Wiltshire Um, And if you've ever been to Wiltshire, there's a lot of nowhere in Wiltshire. Some lovely places. There's a lot of countryside in Wiltshire. So, should we get into track two? Let's get into track two. So, track number two, uh, and we're moving on now with Paper Bag. So paper bag there and that sort of really stripped back ambient sound is here to stay, isn't it? If you came again, if you came back to this album after listening to Supernature and thought oh, maybe that was just a, an opening that's that's a bit different. No, this that was setting the stall out. Uh, saying that it's weird saying that on the second track, not the first one. Yeah, I, well, it, it yeah, it needs to be said though. Still, it might not make the edit. Uh, maybe just move it to the to the first one. A bit an edit like. Um, do you remember The Simpsons when Homer's accused of sexual harassment and he does a news uh, interview and then they just splice it up to say what they want him to say? Somebody had to take the babysitter home. Then I noticed she was sitting on her sweet can. I grab her sweet can. Oh, just thinking about her can. I just wish I had her sweet, 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 sweet can. Imagine that's how the episode's going to end up. Uh, as we've established before, I don't watch The Simpsons. Oh, God, I keep forgetting about that. But if you've got Disney Plus... If you're lucky, 
you'll be able to watch lots of Simpsons. Yes, which I'm looking forward to doing later today because it's already been launched, I think. <laughs> uh, but Dan, yes, you're quite right. Uh, this is... It's interesting because actually whilst this track was playing, there was just total silence in the room. Which is, it doesn't normally happen. Often we've always got something to say in between when we're listening to the tracks. But uh, It's a break for some sort of bodily function. Yes. Um, so just back to the uh, the message that Alison put out when they announced the tour. Uh, talking about this track, she talked about the uh, the line, the opening line, no time to fuck. Pardon my French, but I'm quoting here. Uh, and she said that lines like that have become more potent because she was intrigued then by the flawed concept of perfection, which has become so much more uh, intensified in our self-reflective social media era. So predicting the future, a bit like we do sometimes with episodes. Uh, yes, we do. We're very good like that. Also, I do get the feeling like Alison sort of harks back to a more simpler time. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Even when, you know, this, you can imagine a more simpler time when they're in the middle of, where is it? Wiltshire or something mm. like that in a bungalow and just fire lit and making some music, whatever. But even when they're making dance or upbeat music, it's still a simpler time, isn't it? It's still often influenced by the 70s or the 80s. And actually, I think they recorded a lot of stuff in or near Bath as well, which again is uh, much more countryside. Mm. Even Bath itself isn't the biggest city in the world and it's a lovely place. Have you ever been to Bath, Dan? I think I did. I think I was going to... I'm going to an open day at uni or something like that. Don't remember much about it. Didn't get a key ring. Oh, Bath Uni's quite up there. Well, so am I. Did you go? No. Well, there we are. But I could have if I wanted to. Oh, really? No. Right, shall we move on? <laughs> yes. Uh, also, this song is about, is about being obsessed with somebody and not being able to have them. Like me and the chip shop boy. Well, your latest crush of the week is the... Uh, the plain clothes ticket inspector wasn't it yes it a few was. weeks ago yeah uh, and i did mention us going out but it did say ironically actually that i would have to wear a paper bag for anything to happen it's hard not to take that very personally <laughs> can we move on to track three please before you have a complete uh, emotional moment yes so track three now this is human So, Will, question for you. Are you human or a dog? Or are you human or are you a dancer? Ah, that's what I was waiting for. Yes. Um, uh, probably human, I think it would be safe to say. Sometimes. Although I do like to sleep a lot, so maybe I'm a dog. Or a dancer. No, not, not much of a dancer. Not much. Not, not a dancer. Unlike you, throw yourself around the room like an epileptic ferret. <laughs> And I'm sure any epileptic ferrets wouldn't mind you saying that. Oh, yes. Yeah, sorry to mean to cause offence to any uh, furry little creatures. I think you might be referring to an otter there, Will. I'm not sure what you mean. So the song. <laughs> what are your thoughts on human? Um, I love... It almost feels a bit like of a Bond sort of theme, doesn't it? With those strings through it. It's a bit funkier. 
definitely. And I like when it starts, the strings are very sparse, but this is one of the songs on the album that really does build, and there's lots of layers. The, the bass is really low and hummy, and I think the bass is almost quite trip-hoppy. Um, then you've got the, the synths in there that are kind of, again, still quite sparse, but they groan along. Um, but it's Alison's vocal in this one, I think, that really shows a different side because it's much stronger whereas before it's been that wispy whispering vocal she does actually remind me a lot more on this album i think than any other of kate bush and less of course so the kind of big theatrical babushka or withering heights um but just more latter-day kate bush the lovely kate book kate bush kate bush not on the long list will she's not on the long list and that's a conversation isn't it yeah probably should take that offline yes definitely yeah uh, but this is probably one of my favourite songs on the album, actually. This is one that I could imagine, you know, there's such incredible producers. I could imagine them reworking this one because the lines of are you human or are you dog or are you dud lend themselves for kind of more of a sort of sing-along or one that the audience can really get behind. So I can imagine it becoming a bit more of a dance number. Uh, this was uh, the third single to be released and it got to number 87 in the charts. Uh, and in keeping with what we started doing more and so recently, the single artwork is really nice. It's sort of a grassy, flowery background with a pair of legs and some red heel shoes on the legs. Looks like uh, someone's laying down in the grass there. Hmm. Best not to ask what's going on. No, I think they'd rather you didn't. Uh, this is the only track on the album that is written by some others, including Will and Alison. So Bob Locke and Tim Norfolk of the... Uh, new wave instrumental jazz group Startled Insects play a part in this. Now, they're also not on the long list, are they, Will? No. Um, and that's probably a conversation for now. Yeah, no. No. But I love what they add to this because the jazz influence on this album and particularly the song is quite clear. So it's Alice, Will, Tim and Bob too. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But I never saw Alice, Tim, Will and Bob one. So, should we move on? Yes, let's track number four now. Pilates. Pilots. Oh, sorry. It's interesting, Will, you mentioned about the Bond theme earlier with one of the tracks and the strings. And with this one, it's a little, I don't know if it's a trumpet, but a little brassy part of it. That's brassy, not bassy. Uh, that makes me think of Bond. You and your little brass trumpet. <laughs> Better than uh, your rusty trombone. It's been hours polishing it. Uh, so Pilot was a double A-side single when Lovely Head was re-released. Um, and it got to number, it got in the top 75, shall we say, anyway. That's good. That's great. There is an interesting uh, B-side on this, which we should probably save for later. Yes. If you know what it is, hold your horses. Don't worry, it's coming. And if you enjoy horses, more about them later as well. Hmm, interesting. So this song, I really like the lyrics and the imagery that Alison is putting out here. Uh, Chorus-wise, it's quite simple. We're pilots watching stars. 
the world preoccupied, we're pilots watching stars, who do we think we are? Uh, and she did say in an interview with Yahoo Music that it's her sci-fi image, a dream about being inside uh, a huge black bomber with rubber radiators for clouds. Uh, the artwork for this single uh, is really great uh, drawn picture of, it's quite literal actually, it's a pilot, looks like in a spaceship, linking to what Alison was saying, as there are stars outside rather than clouds. Beautiful. And just the whole, the whole sound of this one and the strings of this one really do make it feel like it's gliding along. So I think just it perfectly, a perfect marriage of the music and the lyrics and this image that they wanted to put out there. Track number five now, Dear Stop. What a great time to talk about the fantastic album artwork. And it is. Very interesting. It's very interesting, isn't it? So, uh, first of all, I love the pink logo. Straight onto Logo Watch. Straight onto Font Watch and Logo Watch, uh, which is the classic gold trap logo in a lovely baby pink. Mm. I have heard this colour referred to as millennial pink recently. Oh, really? People are getting big into this colour. This and uh, mustard going well together, I think. Oh, pink and mustard. Hmm. Lovely. Uh, and the image, it's um, Alison. And it's a mirror image. So it's her face twice uh, across uh, the front. And uh, it's in a sort of a sepia filter isn't it mm. it's it's a wonderful piece of photography uh, you've looked very good on your wall dan actually it would so if yeah my birthday's coming up well it's yours next to be fair when's your birthday may do you know what i'm dreadful at keeping track of people's birthdays well i don't know the exact date of yours i know it's april 16th the 19th yeah i also love her eyes on the artwork as well they're like um, sort of uh, almost like puppy dog eyes but also but like a medusa sort of stare as well quite a little bit creepy yes and i'm not that's not rude i think it might almost it's intentional yeah absolutely i actually really like this song and when we spoke when you said right at the beginning about how this album you almost have to put in the time to and you have to listen to it again and again to really appreciate it this is one of the songs that for me at first listen because it's almost structureless isn't it really and lyrically it's, it's not a big lyrically yeah, sorry, I nearly didn't give you a chance to get in there. There's no sort of big sing-along chorus. And if you read the lyrics out, it's very, there's not many of them and it's quite poetic. But just the textures in the song and how it just builds and lifts. Uh, if you read about it, or you don't have to read about it because I'll tell you about it. It was recorded, this is one of the ones that was recorded outside. Some of it was recorded on cassette, which is why it has some of the feels that it has on the final track. So yeah, I really love it. I can imagine just popping this on vinyl when you get it for me and just laying down and closing my eyes and being taken away. By who? The boogeyman. <laughs> uh, let's move on to track number six now. Title track. Lovely. Felt Mountain. 
Will, you were singing along to that throughout. I'm sorry, and I'm sorry for getting up as well and jumping around the place, but I just couldn't help it. Never mind. The lyrics clearly spoke to you. I am, of course, being silly because there are no lyrics to that song or no real words. No, but I enjoy the piano. I enjoy... This is, again, one for our updated book at Christmas, but I love the screechy... In there. What is that? <laughs> oh, can I take a photo of the face you pull when you do that? No, oh. absolutely not. Like a crazed cat. What is that? Uh, it's a cat that's just not very happy. No, no, no. I mean, what's that sound? Oh, right. <laughs> uh, I, I wouldn't know. Answers on a postcard, please. It's obviously last week they were talking about Head First, and there is the track Voice thing on there, which again is Alison's vocal not saying actual words, which is lovely. And do you know there's a brief description I read for this track, which is sounds very, very bizarre. Um, and it was all around this um, uh, idea of a wolf being whipped uh, in a Tudor house overlooking a snowy landscape. What a very specific image. Yeah. Have you ever whipped a wolf? <laughs> no, but I have slapped a fox. <laughs> oh, tickled a weasel. <laughs> I've fitted a ferret or two. Oh too far again so sorry but i do love how alison some some writers some songwriters are quite cryptic and they want to keep any meaning or any influence to themselves and there is lots you can find on the world wide web about alison what sorry what's this world wide web you speak of um it's great for shopping and private time screenings of films it's W, double W, full stop. Yeah, freeserve.co.uk. <laughs> but yeah, lots of, lots of tidbits out there on the meaning behind these songs. The meaning to me. <laughs> <laughs> you okay, hon? Do you want to move on? Yes, so uh, track number seven now. And this is probably one of the most random names we've ever read out for a album track but it is the one that I've been looking forward to reading out the most Oompa Radar I absolutely love an umpa band. Um papa, um papa, that's, that's how, how it goes. Um papa, um papa, everyone knows. They all suppose what they want to suppose. When you hear um papa, what's that from? I don't know. Is it, I thought it might be from Chitty Chitty Bang Bang or Mary Poppins. We'll find out during the next song. But we both seem to know it. So. I know, that's strange, isn't it? Um... What a fun song. Put it song. on the long list. Oh, what a fun song. And genuinely, I think with that one, that really is a fun song. Didn't think I'd be saying that this week. No. <laughs> so this one was inspired by Roman Polanski's 1966 film, Cul-de-Sac. Will, have you seen Cul-de-Sac? I haven't seen Cul-de-Sac. Have you lived on a Cul-de-Sac? But I grew up on a Cul-de-Sac. Did you? Mm. What was it called? Princess Road. Oh. Might be a GDPR issue there. A princess road for a princess. That's lovely. 
Uh, I grew up on a cul-de-sac myself. It was called Pear Tree Close. Ah, oh, that's nice. Mm, around the corner was Celery Meadows. So it's quite quite vegetably around there. Um, I know someone that lives up a road. It's called Wild Goose as well. Oh. That's quite uh, more animal-like. Mm. And there was another one near us called Rat Hole Lane, which is... Uh, I also knew a Chaffinch Passage as well. <laughs> you did I'm not. not even joking. You... I'm not even joking. I'm not even joking. Uh, we had a Blue Tip Boulevard. <laughs> no, you're taking the piss now. Yes, I am. But Chaffinch Passage is a real place. That's lovely. I'd like to go there. Quite a tight fit. <laughs> we'll be able to get your Volvo up there. <laughs> so, Umpa Radar, which was an originally called Umpa Bungalow, by the way, on the demo CD. To me, it sounds like it could soundtrack some strange sort of carnival black and white scene in a film it would almost be a kind of sinister something's going on there oh yes i wasn't insinuating final destination three or anything like that i haven't seen not although actually there was something sinister going on there wasn't there so where final destination three well there was lots of death quite a lot yeah death doesn't have to be sinister though will natural causes yes well should we move on Yes, it's, we've, we seem to be getting quite dark quite frequently recently. Yeah, let's try and pick it up a little bit with this next one. Utopia. So I'm going to put it out there, Will. And I think, actually, I'm going to hedge my bets that you might agree with me. That's my favourite song on the album. Yes, exactly. Oh, good. Exactly right, yes. Just the whole the whole production, the whole... The backing vocals that are sort of operatic, the almost spoken word of the rest of it, the uh, underlying synths, um, the kind of so, playfulness. So euphoric sound to it as well. Absolutely. And that line... I'm wired to the world. That's how I know everything. Again, it's one of those lines that kind of lends itself to today more than it did 20 years ago. This was released as the second single and then re-released with uh, with an electronic mix as the fourth single. And if we're lucky, let's listen to the re-released version as well. So just a bit more electronic, a bit more pace in there, which is Utopia Genetically Enriched. And which version do you prefer, Will? Uh, The Genetically Enriched version. You do tend to enjoy genetically enriched versions of most things. Absolutely. Whether it's meals or men. Uh, That's a bit much, actually. I take it back. Yes. Um, Lots of remixes on this as well. Um, And maybe more about that later. Oh, you are dangling the carrot today. Perhaps you could move your shorts aside. <laughs> so this, so genetically enriched version, it got to number 62 in the charts. Uh, and the original version got to, uh, didn't chart in the UK. 
Not to worry. That famous position. Yes. But doesn't matter because here we are today, 20 years later, talking about them on this hugely successful podcast series. And isn't it just now? Doing very well. Are we very, very comfortable? We're very thankful. We're blessed. Mm. Quite blessed. So we're on to the last track of the album. And this is Horse Tears. Or is it Horse Tears? It's probably Horse Tears. Stunning end to that track and a stunning end to the album as well. Shirley Bassey there, guest vocalist. Really? No. Oh. Although I did think for a brief moment. It felt like, do you remember when she did that album of cover versions? Well, with Get the Party Started. Was it a whole album? Was it just that one song? I think it was an album. Anyway, it does feel like she could have done her own version, a little bit more of an operatic, almost sassy version of some of these songs on this album. I'd like to hear that. My goodness, she's got a pair of lungs on her, hasn't she? Surely. Yeah. Yeah. Three Bond themes as well. I'm coming up. <laughs> Actually, I would probably have preferred for Goldfrapp to do this uh, year's Bond theme rather than... Billie Eilish. Billie Eilish, yeah. Sorry, I forgot her name for a second there. <laughs> it's not grabbed me, to be honest. No, I think it's nice, but I was wanting... People slag off Madonna's Dine of the Day... I really wanted something else that was just completely off the wall like that. I was more concerned with her appearance in the film than the song that she did. Yeah. What was what was better, Swept Away or Die Another Day? Well, Die Another Day, obviously. Yeah. But still... I keep getting Swept Away confused with Flushed Away, which was that film, <laughs> the animated film with the rats, do you remember? I love that film. I Honestly, it's one of my... Well, it's not one of my favourites. That was a blatant lie, but it's very funny. <laughs> one of your favourites. My all-time favourite film. An animation film about rats. Yeah. Uh, rats and Otters today. What a lovely episode. Oh, it's really all of the little uh, rodents and, uh, and little, uh, little hairy creatures that come sniffing around. It's been like uh, an episode of Animals of Farthing Wood. That bloody weasel. Oh, God, she was awful, wasn't she? Uh, so, that's it for the album proper. Dan, what are we going to do about further listening? So, as you mentioned before, this is our third Goldfrap episode, and there's going to be more to come, don't you worry. So, we always like to keep the further listening to around the era of the album that we're talking about. So, remixes and B-sides were aplenty. Uh, and Will, what would you like to highlight from them? I, Dan, I would love to talk about a remix today for, uh, from our favourite track, Utopia. And this is the DNA remix. What an absolutely fantastic choice. Uh, I love the remix of that because, uh, for me, they've made it sound more like something Goldfrapp have done in their more electro dance pop albums. And with good reason, because DNA are Nick Bat and Neil uh, Slateford. uh, And um, Nick Bat worked on Black Cherry and Supernature. 
Oh, I thought it sounded more like that kind of sound. It's, it's, I like what they've done to this song because it does sound more like that, but it doesn't take away from the song. No. It still keeps its essence. Or essence. Yeah, yeah, both good words. Also, this is weird. So Nick Slateford uh, was a co-founder of the uh, business Love Honey. I don't know the business. Well, I won't go into the gory details, but it's sex toys and the like. Oh, interesting. I think I don't think I mentioned it this episode, actually, but when I saw Goldfrapp perform for the first time, Alison was using a... Oh, what's it called? The um, theremin, the synthesizer that you kind of people normally wave their hands around it to make a noise uh, and she was playing with it between her legs and that's lovely absolutely uh just to detour a little bit on utopia lovely single artwork which i'm sure you'll agree will oh yes absolutely and it's funny because we were talking about chaffinches earlier mm. or not uh, well the name chaffinch uh, do you know what bird that is on the utopia artwork um, a small tit could be a tit or a thrush i don't think so chaffinch chaffinch or tit that's a that'd be a good game to play wouldn't it chaffinch (laughs) we could make a podcast chaffinch or tit yeah that's a great name for a pet shop boys song (laughs) goldfrap and pet shop boys working together that would be a good collaboration wouldn't it that would be incredible and as you said before the two artists that we've featured most on the podcast as well um no coincidence i'm sure Mm. dan what have you gone for so i've gone for it's a cover it's a bit of a reworking this is uk girls brackets physical let's get physical What a great interpretation of that song. It really is, isn't it? And so this, of course, isn't a full-on cover. The verses are written by the band, but they added the interpolated, I think is the correct term, the chorus there. And this was done because while they were touring Felt Mountain and touring for about a year and a half, they just kind of felt that the whole set had the same tempo and style. And they wanted to, I think they saw all the bands having a bit more of a boogie on stage and they wanted a bit of that so they created this song they used the physical chorus which they used because they didn't want to a part of the reason was they didn't want to cover a song that they already love because to them that's already perfect if only other bands would take that thinking not covering songs that don't need to be covered Mm. Mm. yeah apart from i'd say steps and chain reaction because that's a great (laughs) cover and a great original but also in doing that this song actually paved the way a little bit for the sound of black cherry or this song i should say and that feeling that they want to do something more up tempo so uh, we've got a lot to thank olivia and john for well yes and including this song (laughs) and greece as well and that's probably it Uh, yeah although i have to say one of my favorite versions of let's get physical it's recently been almost referenced by Dua Lipa on her song Physical, but there's a version from Glee, which I, I never... knew you were going to say Did that. Did you? So yeah. And I never watched Glee, but this, the version of it, I thought it was fantastic. And if we're lucky, let's have a little bit of it. Physical, I get physical, let me hear you 
And of course, that was Sil- Sue Silvestri, uh, aka Jane Lynch, with Olivia News and John. Yes. Um, I didn't think we'd be having any glee in a Goldfrap episode, certainly not the Felt Mountain episode, but there we go. What, literal glee or glee the TV show? Both. Both, actually, yeah. <laughs> We're out of time. What a shame. But what a wonderful time talking about Felt Mountain. A real masterpiece by Goldfrap, but as we've both said, probably not our go-to album when we want to listen to some Goldfrap. No, but probably one of our most mature and interesting conversations today. Yeah. I didn't like it. Normal <laughs> service if we back next week. <laughs> yeah, it really will be. Uh, we'd love to know what you think at Track by Track UK. And if you've enjoyed this episode and you've listened on Apple Podcasts, please do give us a rating and a review. It would mean the world. And it is Will's birthday next month. And uh, Dan, can you give us a hint of a tease as to who's coming up next week? Yes, it kind of seems like two extremes, which is what we love to do. So next week is a primarily 90s uh, dance artist who worked with lots of... Uh, special guests, sometimes putting them on a the platform for bigger things to come, um, but had a real string of top 10 pop dance hits. Yep, so bring your dancing shoes next week mm. and a Bacardi Breezer or two because we're taking you back to... 1998. 1998. So until then, thank you for listening. I've been Olivia Newton-John. And I've been Sue Sylvester. Goodbye. Goodbye.